Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executives. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. I'm Brielle Jekyll, Associate Editor, and in this episode, I'm speaking with Jim Nicholson from LoadSmart as we dive into freight volumes and how COVID-19 has impacted um, the volumes in both the cold chain and non-refrigerated goods. So let's link into that interview now. Hi, everyone. I'm Brielle Jekyll. I'm the Associate Editor here at SDCE in Food Logistics. Uh, and today I'm here with an executive from LoadSmart, and we're going to be talking about some of the stuff going on in uh, freight volume in the supply chain today. Hi, Brielle. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Do you want to just introduce yourself real quick and, and the company? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jim Nicholson, I, uh, I am Vice President of Care Sales and Operations uh, with LoadSmart. Uh, so LoadSmart a, is a, a, a company that digitizes the flow of goods uh, through the supply chain. Uh, we deploy technology uh, really to solve uh, logistics challenges facing both shippers and carriers uh, via pipelines to connect the two programmatically. Uh, my, my accountabilities with LoadSmart really is, is leading uh, operations on the carrier side, procurement strategy, uh, but absolutely looking at strategy and uh, how we can best calibrate our business for uh, really market, market factors. Uh, so looking forward to, to having an opportunity to chat with you. Great. Um, so I guess we'll just jump right into it. Let me, um, the first thing I want to ask you is what, what kind of trends are you seeing in regards to freight volume as we're starting to open back up after all this um, coronavirus, you know, uh, the pandemic. It's, it's definitely been a, a very interesting year to say the least. Uh, something, something I haven't, uh, I haven't really experienced with, with this type of black swan event. Uh, for, you know, those of us that have been in the, in the freight business for a while, we're used to uh, you know, seasonal impacts and or, or weather impacts, but this mm -hmm. is definitely quite different. So uh, lately, it's 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 really healthy. Uh, Memorial Day, which there's a lot of uncertainty in terms of uh, really would there be this you know Q2 seasonality that typically is kickstarted with some refrigerated and uh, Memorial Day, but we we definitely have seen tender volumes uh, creeping up, and and actually right now tender volumes are right around eight eight percent higher than than what we saw last year uh and then you know the other indices that are really important is is uh you know looking at how capacity is adjusting to it and uh the the rejects are definitely increasing um but you still do see carriers are there there is a supply of capacity in the marketplace and uh, I think shippers still do have that leverage, uh, but that's kind of slipping uh, as we get into June. So I think it's, it's, uh, it's uh, definitely a very healthy sign. Um, one thing that I think is interesting uh, that we've seen emerge more recently is uh, outbound Los Angeles is a really important, really just thoroughfare as it connects imports from Asia and uh, to, to you know, the end consumer here, here in the States. But uh, definitely volumes have increased, uh, rejections have increased as uh, carriers are being much more selective. Uh, but diving into some of the data a little bit more, uh, we, we've seen a, a, a surge in 
uh, really the longer haul uh, coming out of Los Angeles. And it's, it's kind of an interesting phenomenon because uh, really that's just, it's telling us that consumers coming back online uh, and shippers and supply chain coordinators, leaders are, uh, it's, it's pushing product to market as quick as we can, uh, potentially bypassing these, the traditional supply chain, uh, DC and, and even potentially rail. So uh, it's again, a, a really healthy sign. And, uh, you know, lastly, on important activity, uh, China to US is, has definitely shown really, really nice signs uh, over the past month and, and really surged in May. And it's come back a little bit, but uh, imports are, are still sitting above the prior two years. So uh, overall, really exciting things after what April brought us, which was just a ton of uncertainty uh, mm-hmm. after uh, as, as uh, more and more of the economy really shut down. So uh, pleasing, really exciting for, for, for a lot of us in, in, uh, in the freight industry, most, most notably carriers that are definitely looking for a respite uh, from from the last last couple of years. Right. So just to clarify and to get a little more detailed about it, I talked to a lot um, of people for my my coverage in April and March, and basically they said it was just like a holiday, like Christmas time out of nowhere that they weren't able to prepare for. I heard so many people just having to onboard hundreds of employees within a week. Um, and so it, it was a lot, I know, just from people ordering so much stuff at home and panic buying. So what you're seeing as we, you know, move away from, from the fr- initial uncertainty, are we, are, is it normalizing and becoming less mm-hmm. um, crazy, like less um, frequent with the volume? Or is it um, still like steady, like increasing, I guess. Yeah. So like you said, in March, it was, uh, it was, it was unprecedented, uh, unexpected. And then April, it, it, uh, it almost crashed quicker than uh, March happened. Right. And so now we're, May was more of um, a steady increase that uh, volumes indicated it was going to happen, but the, there's just still too much capacity in the market that was still chewing through all the volume increases. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're definitely seeing now, this was a very, um, what I would say is a, is a very standard Memorial Day impact, uh, which is typically kickstarts really the end of Q2, which, which for a lot of us is, uh, you know, beverage season, produce kind of ramping up is a really busy time. Uh, so I see it as it's, it's almost resumed some normalcy um, with a little bit more upside as, as you do see some pent up demand uh, that's, that's flooding to market. So it's, you know, I, I think it's, it's resumed normalcy, but you're seeing increases as well. Uh, just based on this is a different type of situation. Right. So still, so still demand is driving, but it's a little more less chaotic. <laughs> yeah. The demand is, is and the demand has been there for the last six weeks, but it's, it's certainly taking more of a toll on the capacity side, which now is having increased, having impacts on uh, pricing pressure that shippers are facing. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you think was the, the actual biggest impact that freight volumes themselves uh, saw due to the pandemic? You know, it's, uh, it was very, uh, it was very strange because you had, it was, it, it was a dichotomy where you had certain 
uh, certain parts of the economy were absolutely booming, right? And, mm-hmm. and at LoadSmart, we have a lot of exposure within the grocery and the, um, the CPG, uh, consumer packaged goods uh, sectors. But then on the flip side of that, you had uh, sectors that were completely shut down. So uh, it, it was almost like, how do you kind of compensate for the two? And you had carriers that were uh, sitting in the middle where, uh, they might be dedicated to autos that were th- that essentially overnight their their business evaporated. Uh, so it's trying to shift that to where the demand was at the time. Um, so there's just a lot of moving pieces. But I think that you know the challenge was um, just trying to balance out and and effectively as we try to do deploy technology to to match some of the displaced capacity that was sitting in the market with really where where the brunt of the demand was. Uh, it was just a really interesting uh, situation and dynamic that I, I I hadn't seen before. So you you might not be the um, the best contact point of source for this, but I'm just curious. What do you think is going to happen now as we we're getting some normalcy um, after everyone had diverted and you know you know pe- like automakers are are making ventilators instead of yeah. car parts and and things like that how do we go back to normal well you you're definitely seeing uh resumption uh, again just as base as as states are opening up um manufacturing is coming back online that that uh, these the capacity potentially that was displaced is is shifting back to uh, those dedicated commitments. Um, so we're, we're clearly seeing that. I think it's going to accelerate. Um, you know, looking at the, what's going to happen in the, in the second half of the year uh, is there's a lot of different, uh, there's a lot of thought there. And, you know, I would, I would caution as, as the last few years, we've hit, uh, the logistics space has seen an explosion in, in just coverage and data, which is awesome. It's great. Uh, I think you see some common sentiments that start bubbling up. And, uh, you know, right now, I think a, a really common thought uh, within the space is that uh, you have carrier bankruptcies are going are gonna, to uh, surge and you're going to have tons of capacity leaving the market. And then, uh, you know, at the same time in, in Q3, Q4, you're going to have uh, the pent-up demand where there's the demand story is going to go off the charts and these two are going to converge and it's going to create this, uh, really this massive disruption. Um, but I, I just think we have to temper our expectations really on the supply side. Uh, the, the uh, increase and or removal of, of capacity in, in terms of tractors from the market uh, is a very gradual process. Uh, and you really don't see massive surges in in both increase or declines. It's just what history tells us. So, mm-hmm. uh, do I think there will will ra- will capacity rationalization happen? Yeah, I, I do believe that. I think uh, this definitely has taken a toll on on uh, specific truckload operators, unfortunately. Um, so that's you will see some rationalization there. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to be the fact that you're going to see, you know, 15, 20% of capacity leaving the market. It's just history doesn't tell us that. Uh, it's, it's a very gradual process. And uh, we're already bumping up into the second half of the year that um, on the supply side, I think you'll see some stabilization. Uh, but I do think, I believe in the demand story for the back half of the year. And uh, there will be demand. So I, I, the way I, moving forward, I, I really think you're going to see resumption of, 
uh, a strong retail season. Uh, I think seasonality will come back into effect uh, and actually have quite a bit more upside as uh, as you will see some demand that that uh, is pent up through this. But you know, in the short term, I think through June we're going to continue to see. Uh, acceleration in, in, in rates and capacity will be tight. Uh, but, you know, traditionally, you definitely will see uh, July and August a, a bit of a cooling off period. Mm -hmm. What else do you think um, the, the future, the near future will look like in, in freight volume specifically? In freight volumes, I, I the pattern shift from uh, from restaurants uh, to grocery was was really uh, I mean a fundamental shift right where mm -hmm. our lives changed and uh, you know from from going out and, and uh, to really I mean we're home and we have to subside subsist on uh, work what we're getting at the grocery store um, I think there uh, restaurants are, are are opening up throughout the nation and uh, you'll see more on the supply side and, and restaurant distributors uh, certainly are, are, have been waiting for this. Um, but I, I do think there's, you're going to see continued uh, pressure on grocery uh, as I think uh, certainly large portions of, of, of society are, are very comfortable and willing to go, to, to go back and participate uh, in, in social environments and, and getting outside of the house. Uh, but there's still high risk uh, that high risk uh, portions of the population that's that certainly will continue to resume this, and uh, so certainly I would expect grocery is going to continue to to do really well. Um, the essentials, if you will. I mean, I still uh, go to the grocery store and the the packaged goods, the toilet paper, paper towels, they're still empty at least here in Illinois. So uh, you know, I'm I'm tapping my in-laws and my parents who are. Uh, they have early access to, to be able to get into the stores to help us with some of that stuff. But uh, I think it's uh, the essentials will continue to boom and um, automotive, some of these other manufacturing sectors coming back online uh, is, is great. But uh, I think there will be a little bit slowing. Uh, it's not going to be overnight. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea how, you know, what maybe the differences between the cold chain and I would say like CPG and non-refrigerated goods how they were impacted differently? Yeah, so... Uh, Was it kind of all the same? It's... Um, I think the... In terms of refrigerated, refrigerated, of course, um, in grocery, refrigerated is uh, is, is a, a very common predominant mode um, as you're hauling, you know, commodities that are, uh, that are perishable, right? So... Uh, I, I think it kind of goes back and forth, but I, I don't think there's tons of distinction of specifically how refrigerated uh, was impacted versus, you know, dry van exposure. Um, you know, what's nice now is we produce season was another was another question mark of just given everything uh, that we see that Q2 is, is a very uh, seasonal time of the year. Uh, and produce season is took a lot of uh, available reefer capacity as a, there was strong uh, harvest out on the West Coast. And uh, that was honestly for me was one of the first things that I looked at that um, was really, really exciting to see. Uh, as again, there's just a lot of uncertainty of how uh, produce would be. And that obviously drives a lot of uh, the freight economy going into Q2. 
Um, but in regards to, you know, how grocery and CPG uh, is impacted in refrigerated versus dry, um, I'm not sure there's tons of distinction there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was just curious, given how, you know, drastic everything was with the grocery sector and stuff like that. Just interesting to think about. Well, I think that's all the questions I have for today. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and, and giving us all that insight. Absolutely. No, I loved, uh, love connecting with you, Burrell. Obviously, uh, very interesting times in, uh, in transportation, but I think really the, uh, the takeaway, the key, the, what I'm really excited about is that there's just a lot of health, healthy signs that uh, are emerging that should really give us all a lot of, of confidence as we move uh, towards the, the back half of the year. So, so really uh, pleased to see what's going on right now in the freight markets. Yeah, I'm really hoping that, you know, everything can re remain steady and everyone also remains healthy, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you again. Thank you for listening to today's episode. And thank you again to Jim for giving us a little bit of insight into some freight volumes. And tune in every Tuesday for another episode of Link by Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. Have a great day.